Say this out loud, would you? Cherishing your relationship with the Lord. Relationship with the Lord. This message came about was something that the Lord has put in my heart, and he's been drawing me into a, a sense of a deeper partnership with him. I don't talk like this all the time. This is kind of new. And personally, I believe that the Lord has actually pruned a city church and is positioning for us, uh, positioning us into, a, a, like I mentioned in prayer with him, a new burst of life in the spirit of God and his plans and purposes. I've felt a change in myself and I want to steward the grace of God that is in and upon and working through my life. And uh, this is an interesting phrase. The Lord dropped a phrase into my heart uh, that's very meaningful and helpful, loving and protective to me. It's uh, from the Song of Solomon 2.15. The phrase is this. This is interesting. It's so funny how the Lord can just breathe something into your spirit. Has anybody here had the Lord whisper a verse into your life and it becomes more meaningful directive to you uh like a maybe a touch of wisdom to you you know the lord speaks to us through his word and the holy spirit if you if you want to hear god's voice open the book let him love you and don't and, and look if you have <laughs> i was just going to say if you're really having a struggle with sensing his love and because you have a legalistic approach to this, come on up here and we'll pray for you. Because we don't want a religious spirit dominating anybody's heart, a spirit that condemns, a spirit that puts shame on people. We want the life-giving spirit, the Holy Spirit's loving entreaty to us to open up our hearts to all the good things that the Lord has. Most people do not have a good relationship with God. Just don't. And that has to be, your heart has to be retooled, retrained, renewed. Anyway, this is the verse, this wonderful verse. The Lord says to me, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for the vineyards are in blossom. An interesting entreaty. I'll get back to that in a minute. But I want us to step into this. Um, how many of this cherishing a relationship with the Lord? This this verse will lead to uh, another aspect of because uh, the Lord. I love the way the Lord uses metaphors. This metaphor that I'm just talking about now comes out of the beauty of Christ being the bridegroom and us being the bride. Now, when we're born again. You know, you're a son. He adopts you into his family. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption, begins to bear witness with you that now you're a child of God. When you give your heart to him, he begins to do a work in you, and you have a witness inside of yourself that you belong to him. You're his son or his daughter. And then uh, as you grow in uh, over the seasons, you grow in intimacy with the Lord. And into me you see, in other words, you open up your heart and you begin to grow in him. This bond of love, this unity and bond of love happens like a husband and wife. There's this relationship where he can guide you with his eyes. There are many times uh, I'll ask the Lord a question and stuff, and he may not respond in the way that I think he was, but I have this witness in my heart that he says, well, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And I know that when I step into the place I need to be, he's going to lead me the way he needs me to go because we've developed that relationship 
And there's times when I sit before the Lord, as you do, and just let him love me and I love him. And there's this bond. It's really important to have that kind of thing. And there, we could talk all day long about all the distractions. I want to talk about that. There's a little bit we'll touch on there. But how many of you want to be renewed in your heart and in your mind in the midst of these troubling days? To have your minds and hearts to be refreshed in the understanding of the depths of Father's love for us through Jesus Christ is really important. Um, so this, uh, I want us to look just for a moment at this idea. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation if I've got my good glasses on. And this is Mark chapter 4, and it's the parable of the sower. And uh, I, don't, I want to use the Passion Translation because I just dig it. Once again, Jesus went to teach the people at the shore of Lake Galilee, and a massive crowd surrounded him. The crowd was so huge that he had to get into a boat and teach the people from there. He taught them many things by using parables to illustrate spiritual truths, saying, consider this, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some fell on the beaten path. Would you say beaten path? beaten path and soon the birds came and ate it and some fell upon gravel would you just say gravel gravel okay with no topsoil and quickly sprouted and since the soil had no depth but when the days grew hot the sprouts were scorched and withered because they had no they, they had insufficient roots some fell among thorns and grew up and they the group the group and choked it and it yielded no fruit. And then some fell on the rich soil and kept producing a good harvest. Some yielded 30, some 60, some 100-fold. If you understand this, then you need to respond. He says, he that has an ear, let him hear. Then I'm going to jump down, and he's going to explain this. He says, if you don't understand this parable, you don't understand basically any of them. So this is like a key one. Let me explain. The farmer sows the message of the kingdom, the word of God. So the seed now is the word. Everybody say, the seed is the word. And just go ahead and say, the soil is my heart. Okay? It says, what falls on the beaten path represents those who hear the message, but immediately Satan appears and snatches it from their hearts. So the bird of the air now is an, uh, a, a reference to work of, a, of, of darkness of the devil wanting to take away and steal from the, the heart the message of what Jesus has done for us, to take that out of the heart as quickly as, as he can. I know that uh, there were years way back, you know, even just growing in, in the Lord. How many, don't raise your hands, how many of you had an argument with your wife or your husband on the way to church? Okay, good, okay. <laughs> and you get in here, and now there's this beaten path that's not receptive are you there how many of you know what i'm talking about so you know this so the seed is our it's sown but it's the the devil snatching it right out of the right out of your heart because of the discord that's going on so he comes immediately to steal that seed then next it says that there's some that are sown on the gravel which represents those who hear the message receive it joyfully but because their hearts fail to sink a deep root, they don't endure for long. For when trouble or persecution comes on account of the message, trouble or persecution comes on account of the message. 
they immediately wilt and fall away. And what is sown among those, uh, the thorns represents those who hear the message, but they allow the cares of this life, the seduction of wealth, and the desires for other things to crowd out and choke out the message so that it produces nothing. So you have those three categories of hearts. How many of you have felt like you've already um, experienced each one of those at some point? Because the desire for other things, as you live the seasons of your life, sometimes the desires of other things begin to crop in or just, you know, cares of the world. Now, I want to jump over here. I want to, now, this was the, not the first public teaching that Jesus did, but it's the first, he, when he opens up the idea of the parable and he begins to instruct there. I want us to just read this real quick and then I'll, because this is going to go quickly. But I want to look at the last public teaching that Jesus gave. The last one. He did have other teaching that was happening with his disciples in private. But this is the last one in public. It's in John chapter 12, starting with 44. Jesus shouted out passionately, to believe in me is to also believe in God who sent me. For when you look at me, you are seeing the one who sent me. I have come as a light to shine in the dark world so that all who trust me will no longer wander in darkness. If you hear my words and refuse to follow them, I do not judge you, for I have not come to judge you, but to save you. If you reject me and refuse to follow my words, you already have a judge. The message of truth I have given you will rise up to judge you on the day of judgment. For I'm not speaking as someone who is self-appointed, but I speak by the authority of the Father himself who sent me and who instructed me what to say. And I know that the Father's commands result in eternal life. And that, that's why I speak the very words I've heard him speak. So he's talking about that he didn't come to judge, that he's giving us this truth of himself. Now, when he's talking about the kingdom, what's going to happen is he ends up giving himself completely. So just kind of lean in for just a moment, and I'll get through this little section, and then go to the little happy section, and we'll be done. This is actually happy section two. Father God's love for us is demonstrated in Jesus Christ giving his life for us. That's the reality of it all. In doing this, he carried all of our sins. He carried all of our sorrows, all of our griefs upon himself to the cross. I'll never forget one Thursday night I was in here and the Lord highlighted this to me. That verse in Isaiah 53, it says, He carried our sorrows and our griefs. And the Lord whispered to me and He said, Roger, those were not my sorrows and my griefs. They were yours. The Lord carried your sorrows he knows when you were forsaken 
and had that hurt in your heart when you were little. He knows the pain of being abandoned. He understands the hurt of being shamed or shunned or rejected. He understands when your heart just wants to break apart and you just suck it up and go on trying to... So the, the, those little childhood experiences turn us into perfectionists, trying to guard you, turn you, the fear of that happening again to, could turn you into an absolute control freak. When those things, when the, the, those environments show up again where you, the same thing happened as a child, come in your life again, it's like a cycle and you just don't, you don't want it to happen again. But your heart is so, you know, so fearful. I know this so well because I had cycles of being abused that would just show up. Jesus carried all this. This is amazing. But he carried the he, he paid the price on the cross. And his blood being shed on our behalf intercepted us from eternity without his love. Isn't that great? His blood was the shed price for us, the currency of God paying for you and me to be able to be in his presence forever. And he broke the power of death. This is the, this is the most, extraordinary, most extraordinary thing that once you see it, you see, my mother was able to lay her head down on the pillow as she was passing away without screaming, without worry, without any kind of concern, because her heart was filled with the understanding of the one who loved her and gave himself for her. When you destroy the power of death that has held every single person our whole life in bondage to what's going to happen to me when I die. Jesus consumed that, broke its power, and then you and I can have a confidence. This is the most amazing thing. I'm going to see my mom and dad. I'm going to see Eleanor. How about some of you? Remember Connie? There's a lot of people. I'm going to know, I'm just going to see a lot of people. That, that, but here's the most important thing. I'm going to see Jesus. I've heard that sometimes Abraham greets you at the gate, the father of faith. I don't know. I don't know how all that works. But I know this. It's not life, life here at all. Life here is on the cellular level. And cells grow old. There it's not on a cellular level. It's more of an energy level. I don't understand all that about eternity, but it's beautiful. And Jesus comes and he says, I don't want anybody to perish. So when he was buried, he died and then he went into the grave and then he broke the power of death. He rose, rose from the grave on the third day and broke that. And for everybody who places their faith in Jesus Christ, and it's so easy. It's so easy to do. He didn't make it. You know, you know, you don't have to memorize 40 scriptures. You don't have to crawl up some steps on your knees. You don't have to go on some kind of a sojourn somewhere. It's just this simple. If you will confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that's the ticket. 
That's the ticket. What happens? He suddenly, there's a, like a divine inner, a life that just comes in you. It was that easy. And you feel alive. You're kind of new at it. It's like suddenly you come alive inside. Just by confessing your Lord, I believe that you have been risen from the dead. And this life comes inside. It's that simple. And then you have a witness that, here, here's, this is an amazing thing. You can feel like the most horrible sinner and, uh, and the, the most loved person all at the same time. Because the Lord will say, well, you know, it's been, been tough on you. Yes, I, and he goes, yeah, but I'm here. And you just feel all right. He's got here taking care of it all. And at that very moment, he writes your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And when the books are opened, looking down there, there you are. Your name is written. Let's just praise the Lord for a minute. Hallelujah. Because it's eternal and it's, it's, it's what he came to do. It's eternal life that begins today. Eternal life. If you've been, look, some, some you know, some, just like it says in, in that about, oh, Satan comes immediately to steal the word. This word, I've just explained how Jesus will come and open up. Some people have heard it over and over and over and over and over. It's kind of like, like uh, the sun would melt wax and the wax would, uh, you know, melt and then, um, you know, it gets harder. And then the sun comes and it melts again and it gets soft. And then, it, then the sun backs up and it gets harder. As, after a while, the sun can show up and it just, it's just hard. It doesn't melt anymore. Woe unto thee when your heart is cold and hard. You don't want it to be like that. You want to be able to receive the love. And I'm here to tell you that it's really all about the love. People don't know that. They don't believe it. They don't embrace it. They don't understand it because of the way they were treated. But I'm, I'm here to guarantee you, guarantee you with everything in me that God wants to love you right where you are and help you right where you are. It's amazing how much. How many of you have picked up on that? that he's a God of love, that he cherishes you. If you're in the, our, in the environment of this place, you're not going to receive a, you don't live up, you know, you're not going to receive a verbal beating ever, ever, for some mistake you've made. Because there's none righteous, no, not one. But God's heart is that none should perish. And that he's eternally patient. He's eternally patient. As I've said many times, and Jesus, you know, Moses came down in the basket. Well, you're not the first basket case God's ever seen. You're not the first troubled soul that he's, he's taken into his hands and helped and begin to pluck out all those things. How many of you have been in the south or got a bunch of sand spurs in your, your foot or porcupine? I don't know, something, the cactus. And it's hard to pull that stuff out. It, ah, it hurts. And, and there's a lot of things that have happened to you and I in life that are lodged in us that he wants to help relieve us of. He wants to take it out. He wants to give you, if you were, I love those words, beaten path, because it, it reminds me of something that, like a beaten person. A person who's really beaten up has a difficult time receiving a love, don't they? Have you? When you're really just whooped and beaten down, you think it's going to just be that way. And Satan could come and steal that. He doesn't want you to 
be beaten down and so it can steal that. So here's what the Lord does. He says, you know what? You've had a hard heart. I'm going to give you another one. I'm going to put in a heart of flesh. I'm going to cause something to change deep inside of you and you'll be able to be receptive to me. He's the God of miracles and his miracles begin in the depth of your heart, in my heart. And the gravel heart. How many of you have gone through trouble in your life? How many of you have gone through persecution because of uh, being uh, what you stand for in the ministry? I'm here to tell you that there's a purpose behind that and that the Lord wants to do a work in you in the midst of that. It basically reveals, that kind of thing reveals the level of character and rooting that's inside of you in the Lord. I've gone through, I was sharing with somebody the other day the hardships that I've gone through and how I've had to uh, turn to the Lord and let Him take out the bitterness of my life and put in His, to root me down into the love of, of His love for me. That's not a, a simple, easy thing, but it's a real, it's, it works. God can actually take the, the depth of pain out of you and put the, root you into his, his, the love that He has for you. I'm kind of moving along rather quickly here, so I hope you're staying tuned. Let's just take a moment and say, thank you, Lord, for the message of your love for me that has been sown into my heart. Let's worship just for a moment. Let's just say, because we're going to finish this here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to ask, Lord, that you would work beautifully inside of each heart this season. Let there come a newness of life in the name of Jesus. Where there's been judgments made about your spiritual life where you might have felt stuck, might have felt, I don't know where I'm going, that the Lord would take you by the hand and say, I know where you're going. It's going to be good. I have something recently, I've already mentioned this briefly, but I feel like something has been beautifully beginning to happen inside of my life. And it's tied up to not just the heart and the, and the sowing of the Word, the different kinds of soil in the heart. Because that good soil that can produce more and more and more, that's about a relationship. Everybody say, the bridegroom and the bride. The bridegroom and the bride. Right before the verse that I mentioned about catching, it says, catch the foxes. Right before that, it says, it's actually, it's the Shudamite woman. So, so Solomon's writing this, but he's writing it like a little play. And now she's saying, oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Now, here's this pursuit and I, when I first thought it, I thought it was that the, the Solomon was saying this to his, to his beloved. But the point is this, that the catch the foxes for us can go either way because it's a partnership. How many of you have been uh, around the Holy Spirit long enough to know that he'll help point out some stuff? He'll help you see. I want to just guarantee this. He never condemns you, ever, 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 ever. Condemnation is never from God, ever, ever, ever. You will never be condemned by the Lord. He carried all the condemnation on himself. It's just not from him, period. Conviction, that's a whole different game. Conviction is here's the key to the keyhole in the door. Conviction is if you will go ahead and allow me to work in your life, I'm going to let you out of this prison. Conviction is I'm going to set you free from something that you've done wrong. 
and I'm going to free you from it. Hallelujah. Conviction is what the Holy Spirit does. It's not my job. It's not my job to get on your case and tell you how to live. It's my job to say, you need to link up with the one who's full of life, who knows how to live in you. And then he will share. It's amazing to me how often people come to me and go, you know, I was doing this, but since I've been here, I quit doing that. And I've never preached on it. It's just the Holy Spirit does a thing. He says, I, you want, when you say, I want to walk with you, Lord, the Lord says, good. And the next thing you know, you're going, he'll point out something, and you, it's not good for you, and you don't realize it's not good for you. But he points it out, and you go, I got a decision to make. And you let go of it, and there's a freedom that comes. And you can take any category of sin, any category. There's a freedom that comes when the Lord gives you the grace to walk away from something. And there's a beauty in it and a, a sense of strength and joy in it. And he's whispered to me, catch the foxes for us. Those little foxes that spoil the vineyard. For the vineyard is in bloom. There's a promise in this, and this, this. God's releasing some new fruit. He's releasing a new fruitfulness. He's wanting to impart something of a greater work of His Spirit in you and I. He's doing it in me. If He's doing it in me, He's doing it in you. That's how He does it. He says, we're going to get in the leader. We're going to do it and magnify the kingdom of God, the work of the Spirit. We're going to do a new thing. And as it does in me, it flows over to you. So say, praise the Lord. Come on, praise the Lord. You can sense what I'm talking about. So the Lord says, hey, you want to you increase this blossoming vineyard in your life? You want to increase the impact of this? Catch the foxes. Catch the foxes that spoil the vineyard. Those little foxes that spoil the vineyard. Anything that distracts, that takes away, that, that nips away at the fruitfulness of what God's doing. Is anybody hearing what I'm really saying here? When you cherish your relationship with the Lord, here's another way to say it. Take preventative measures to protect this love from anything that could harm it. Take preventative measures to protect this love between you and the Lord from anything that could harm it. This is not condemnation. This is not. In fact, this is like a wooing. The Lord woos people. He, he doesn't uh, shame people. He doesn't beat you up. But the Lord will give you a miracle, and if you want to go live your life, he's happy he gave you the miracle. But if you're like blind Bartimaeus, and you can see now, and you decide, I'm going to follow Jesus. All the good things are because some of, of him working in your life. And you want to say, I want to be walking with him. I'm going to skip the, these other things and just run to this last little thing. This is, everybody just put your ears out. Ready? Revelation. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty pearls of thunder crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give Him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. And it was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, 
bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are, in, who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. Just lift our heads to the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Just see yourself at the table in heaven, rejoicing. Love everywhere, palpable. The fullness of His love in, in heart. Just praise Him now. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Father God, I pray for every heart in here that there would be an increase of the grace of God in their life. You know every person. You know the heart need. You know what's going on. And you cherish us more than we can ever imagine. So we thank you, Lord. Father, I claim every heart for Jesus Christ to walk through a season of restoration, walk through a season of renewal, of salvation, of great impact. I see right now there are many things that if you will open your heart to the Lord right now, that many, many, many things are going to fall off of your life that have been a hassle to you. The Lord is going to shift what's been going on in your life. He's going to take you by His hand and lead you to green pastures beside still waters and renew your soul. Let's praise the Lord. He's going to restore you. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord.